Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So, we love those people. We love those people that are living in sin because we're sinners. Amen? So we love them. But what is, this, what is the world doing to us? Trying to change the way we... And if we change the way we think, that's the way we live. What does James say? Don't be deceived. Be careful. Be careful. So you say, well, that's not really changing the way I think, Pastor Mark. What about the next generation? Do you believe every word of the Bible? Do you doubt His promises that He's given to us? In today's message, Pastor Mark will challenge us to not buy into the lies that the world feeds us every day. When we believe these lies, we're being deceived by Satan. We will not receive the many gifts and blessings that God has intended for us. God has many gifts that He wants to give us. We just have to keep our eyes looking at Him so we don't stray. We will be reminded today that God does not hold out on us. He only wants the best for us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 16, with part one of his message entitled, God's Good Gifts to Us. When I travel, I look for illustrations because the world's filled with them. While Linda and I were in India, I went to one of the newspapers, one that I could read in English, and there was an obituary page. I've changed the face of the person. I changed the name of the person, but there was something I loved. Celebrating a life well lived. It's about his memorial. I don't know who the man was. I have no idea. But there isn't anybody listening to me or watching me right now that wouldn't have, wouldn't love that at your memorial, somebody would title it, A Life Well Lived, Mark Balmer. Now, see, if they're going to go, A Life Well Lived, that means I'm going to hear from Jesus some really important words when I get to heaven. What are the words? Well done, good and faithful servant. I want to give you two keys from that which we've been teaching the last few weeks that this will get you a long way to be able to say to you in your life, I've lived a life and I I did it really well. Two keys. Write it down this morning, all the campuses. If you and I accomplish these two things, we're well on our way to finishing our life well. Here it is. First key. Learn. Key word is learn. Learn to gladly endure and mature from the trials of life. You know, we went through all of this stuff from from James, and we learned that 
God is our provider in the midst of these trials. They're there for a purpose. So if I get fussy at the trials, if I get mad at God with the trials, then I'm not really going to end well. I I, want to understand that God is giving me those to grow me up, to to mature me. And I'm going to have to endure with his strength through those. Some of you are in a trial right now. God allows those in our life to mature us, to endure us. And then last week, we talked a lot about temptations. I have to learn to resist and defeat temptation in our lives. If I'm constantly falling into temptation, and I'm not allowing God to help me and protect me, we learned last week that Satan lures us, but he never shows us the hook. We never see the end. So if I'm going to finish well, I have to learn what temptation is all about and how to resist it. Now, as you begin thinking about that, James makes this little connection between the first verses, verses 2 through 12, which taught us about trials, and verses 13 through 16, over the last couple weeks, we learned about temptations. So here's the transition. Look at James chapter 1, chapter 1, look at verse 16. James writes, don't be deceived, my dear brothers, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now remember who James is writing to. He's writing to Jewish Christians who are dispersed all over the world. They're new. They don't understand much. So that's why he wrote about trials. That's why he wrote about temptations. So notice his first words. He says this, don't be deceived. First thing I want you to write, this is really what James is saying. Don't doubt God's word. Would you write that down this morning? Don't doubt God's word. See, what James is writing What you and I are studying is the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. It's all true. It's all true. So James says, now remember, I wrote you about trials, and I wrote you about temptations. There's going to be all kinds of temptations, and you have to be very careful that you don't think like the world thinks. You have to be careful that you think like God thinks. Now, the way I change my thinking is simply this verse. Let me read it to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The way we renew our mind is knowing and obeying the Bible. We're going to see this morning the character of God. All his promises are true. Now, think about this. Our world today, when you think about all the things that are happening, our world today is squeezing us to think like it thinks. If you watch, see, if I'm going to change the way I live, I have to change the way I think. And we spend so much time on Facebook, in the computers, in our iPads, in our iPhones, and television. Just think about this. I I read the other day, I heard this amazing statistic. I don't have it exactly right, but it's something like this. In a year on television, 
as you watch television, uh, about 70 to 80% of the television that you watch, there are couples. They're living together. They're not married. The norm is not marriage. Sometimes many of the programs, it's what, 90% of the people who are, are living together, having sex, and they're not married. The other thing that you watch is, you know it true. What we discover is, almost on every single program, somewhere, somehow, homosexuality, lesbianism comes in. Am I right? Don't get quiet on me. Am I right? So we love those people. We love those people that are living in sin because we're sinners. Amen? So we love them. But what is, this, what is the world doing to us? Trying to change the way we And if we change the way we think, that's the way we live. What does James say? Don't be deceived. Be careful. Be careful. So you say, well, that's not really changing the way I think, Pastor Mark. What about the next generation? What do they watch on television? There's a mom and dad, or maybe there's just a mom, and there's no Bible in their home. When they watch that, what is that to them? The norm The next generation is going to be worse. That's how a nation falls. We're fast on the way to fall. But we can change it. See, what James says is this. When you think about what I told you, he he said God allows trials for our good. That's like beyond our way of thinking. He says, don't doubt the word of God. That's true. Then we learned this last week. When you're tempted, God never is the person tempting you. So I have to either believe that or don't believe it. Here's what I know. God cannot lie. Satan cannot tell the truth. Lazy. So as you look at that in all of our teaching, we simply understand Satan loves to lie to us. Now, one of the biggest lies, hold on, hold on with me. Turn to Genesis. Keep your finger right there. We'll be back and forth to James a lot. Turn to Genesis chapter 3, and you'll see it. One of Satan's biggest lies here in Melbourne and Vieira, Sebastian, listen, one of his biggest lies is this. God is holding out on you. God isn't giving you everything good. God's holding things from you. He's not really a good God. And we have a lot of people who aren't Christians, and that's exactly what they think. Well, I want to go to heaven, so I'm going to try to accept God on my deathbed. Because if I come now, it's like a miserable life. There's no joy. There's no peace. You got to serve God. You got to go to church. It's ridiculous. You got to give your money. Man, it's crazy stuff. I won. There's no fun. No fun? The only place there's life is following God. But they're deceived. So God isn't holding out on us. It's a lie from Satan. You know in this story, Genesis chapter 3, we talked about it last week. Verse 4, Satan comes to Eve. God had just said to Eve, Watch me. Look at me. God said to Eve, all these trees of yours could be thousands of trees. But he said, then there's one little one you can't go to. You can't eat from the fruit. You can't go there. So what does Satan say? Watch the first thing. Remember, what was the first thing you wrote down in your notes this morning? Come on, everybody tell me. Okay, I'll say it. Let's go right back. What was the first thing you wrote down? Don't, don't doubt God's word. Satan is a... Now watch what we read. Satan says to Eve, you won't die. What did God just tell Eve? You will die. 
If you eat of the fruit, you will what? You will die spiritually and physically. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good evil. See, here's what Satan is saying. Eve, God isn't good. He's depriving you of really enjoying life. In fact, Eve, if God was good and generous, he would have allowed you to eat every tree. Well, let's bring it down to you and me today. Is your concept of God today that he's not good? That he's holding out on you? That if you turn your life over to God, it's going to be like a miserable existence? Many of our friends who are not believers, that's what they believe about God because they, they've been deceived. I want you to see it. I put it practically here. Look at God is not good, and he's depriving me of really enjoying life by you put in there the thing that you think God is holding you back. God is holding out on you. We talked about marriage last week. We talked about sex before marriage and then adultery after marriage. God says no to both of them. I know it, Pastor Mark. God's holding out on me. No, he wants you to hold out so you'll be blessed. Now, marriage, Satan says this. Sex is only physical. By the way, Satan didn't design sex. God did. So he knows how it works. Sexual intercourse is emotional, physical, spiritual. Two become one. Think of that. Two become one. When you're thinking about having an affair because the grass is greener, you don't know that you have to cut the grass as well at the new place. It's also filled with weeds, just like the old place. Can I hear an amen? See, well, God's holding up. No, he's not holding. He's trying to keep you from crazy stuff happening in your life. So let me just challenge all of us this morning. C.S. Lewis said this. The thing I fear is not that I stop believing in God. Nobody's really going to do that. But that I might begin believing dreadful things about God. Not that I would say there is no God, but that I might say, so is this really what God is like? Now go back to James. Watch what he says. A.W. Tozer makes this amazing statement. Thinking about God is the most important part of our being. See, you and I were created in the image of God. So here we go again, verse 16. Do not be deceived, all of our campuses, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, what did we learn last week? That God is not responsible for human sin. He never tempts us. So James says the way you think about God is you have to think about the good that God is and his character. If you think wrongly about God, you're going to live wrong. So the Bible is filled with, and I'm going to give you this morning, three keys and then a few little goodies. Here's how you want to think about God. He is not holding out on you. He wants the best for all of us. Here's the first thing. Write it down today. Every good gift comes from our generous God. Everything you have in your life, he's the provider of everything good. He's the source of everything good this morning. Now, I want us to read this amazing kind of a praise. By the way, in case you don't know, as you go through this, we're in his house this morning, but you are his house. So let's read it, all the campuses on the count of three, out loud, out loud, 
We're going to enjoy reading this together. Here we go. One, two, three. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Let's say the name Jesus. Everybody, Jesus. Come on, get your hand up. Come on, get your hand up. Jesus. There's no other name under heaven but Jesus. There's only one way to be saved through Jesus. Oh, that's, you Pastor Mark, you're preaching. That's okay. All right, here we go. Verse 5. For the Lord is? Okay, a little more, a little more on the good. Come on, here we go. For the Lord is? Yeah, all the time. Okay. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. How many are grandparents this morning? Let me see your hand. Are you glad for that last sentence? That means his goodness is transferred to my grandchildren. And if God tarries to their grand, his love endures forever. You see, that's the God. This isn't the God that's holding out on you. Every good and perfect gift he allows and brings into our life. Now, everything that he allows in our life isn't good. But we learned back a few weeks ago in Romans chapter 8, he, he mixes that stew. So eventually, out of that, everything comes good. Now, notice this. Gifts. Only good gifts come from God. Let me ask you a question. Can you earn a gift? No, it's a gift. It's a gift. Only good gifts are a gift from God. How many of you in the last few years of Christmas received a gift, but you wouldn't define it as a good gift? Could I see your hand? You opened it and went, what the heck is this? Now, let me ask you a question. What did you do with that gift? What did you do with the gift? You re-gifted it. And you re-gifted it to somebody else who opens it and go, what is that? And you hope it never gets back to the person that started it. Ever that happened to you? Most embarrassing thing. I gave that to you three Christmases ago. You, you, you what? Every gift you get from God is good. Now, I heard this from Satan. Satan deceives us. Every gift that Satan gives you, if you take it, you'll eventually pay for it. Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. That's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. So every gift that we get from God is good. Let me give you, turn to Deuteronomy, Old Testament. We'll be there a couple times this morning, Deuteronomy. Four or five books right from the beginning of the Bible. Easy to get there. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Here in Melbourne and Vieira, Sebastian, you guys online. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Here's the gift. I'm going to talk about a couple gifts that God gives us this morning. Here's, here's the first one. You can write it down this morning. It's the gift, the gift of choice. The gift of of choice, the gift of choice. Back up, there it is right there. Good. Now, sometimes we get confused. This is actually one of God's greatest gifts. You were created in his image, and he wants to have this personal relationship with us. Sometimes people ask us, why did God give us this gift of choice? 
Well, because he didn't create you as a robot. He wants you to love him and serve him because you get to. Now, choice didn't start with Adam and Eve. Choice started in heaven before man was created. God created the angels. One of those angels was Lucifer, Satan. That's why you never have to worry if God can defeat Satan. Satan is a created being like you and me. He's nowhere near as powerful as God. Well, when he created the angels, God appointed Lucifer to be the head worship leader. One day, as he was leading worship, Lucifer had a choice. He said, I'm tired of worshiping God. I want created people to worship me. There's the pride. When that happened, he rebelled against God. He chose. He was thrown out of heaven. And we would think, well, that's the end of it. Well, not really, because when he left, one-third of the angels chose to follow Satan. Who are those today? That's the demons we see throughout our world. I said, Pastor Mark, like, you really believe in demons? Don't be deceived. Absolutely. Well, that choice is what causes us all the problem. You just read it. He deceives Eve, and on and on we go. Look at the choice in the Old Testament. The Bible's filled with choice. Look at verse 26. See, I'm setting before you today, say it with me, a blessing and a what? Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Don't read any further. Which one will take the blessing? How many here will take the blessing? No, Pastor Mark, I came to be cursed. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe not. Maybe not. Let's read on. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. So there's obedience resolved with blessing. The curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the other way that I command you today by not by following other gods. Now, in those days, there was lots of pagan gods. Are there any pagan gods today? Yes. But in our country, who do we follow? Myself. Satan didn't have a pagan god to follow. He followed himself. He made himself God, which you have not known. So God wanted us to obey, not because we have to, but because he's good. He's good. Now, the next one is the gift of forgiveness. These guys get it right. I forgive me for screwing you up. All right, here we go. This to me is an incredible gift. God knew that we would blow it, and we do. And so we need forgiveness. If we confess our sins, notice the word if. What is the word if? It's a choice. Every time you see the word if, it's a choice. If I don't confess my sins, no forgiveness. If I do confess my sins, forgiveness. He is, God is, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, there's only some things God can do and some things I can do. Pastor Mark exhorted us today to gladly endure the challenges of our life. That may sound strange to you, but we should change our thinking from this is a trial to this is a gift from God, and he wants me to learn from it. James tells us to resist the devil and defeat the temptations in our lives. Accepting them as gifts from God is all a part of this. He wants us to become more like him and to learn from these temptations. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Be sure and tune in next time on Lessons for Living. Pastor Mark will explain to us the gifts that God gives to us. Every gift we receive is a choice. We have the choice to receive it or not. But God's gifts are eternal. One gift He wants to give to us is forgiveness. When we receive it, He promises to forgive us and make us brand new. This is a promise, and God must keep His promises. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons